It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. We are at the end of the month of July and the end of our exploration of better third-party risk management in your best practices compliance program. Today, I wanted to take a look at some of the things that we have considered in this month's series. We started with the third-party risk management process. We took a deep dive into that process, which of course is a five-step process, the business justification slash business rationale, the questionnaire, due diligence, levels of due diligence, the evaluation of due diligence and the clearing of red flags, compliance terms and conditions, and management of the relationship after the contract is signed. Those are the basic five steps, and you need to do that with every third-party relationship, whether it be on the sales side of things or on the uh, supply chain, a vendor from the supply chain. You need to consider the how question in due diligence. Uh, it's not simply where a company is going to do business, but how do they do business with or for you. And this moves into the topic of sub-agents, which is becoming more critical and more important going forward. The Department of Justice has mandated that metrics be a part of any third-party uh, relationship management. We had a couple of podcasts this month on some of the metrics and data that you can look at. Vin DeCiani in a guest podcast had some very interesting thoughts around simply the categorization of the data can lead to a more robust compliance program. So check that one out. We looked at auditing your third parties, how you should utilize that service. It should certainly be in your compliance terms and conditions going forward. We looked at internal controls for third parties. What are some of the specific internal controls uh, that you will need? The ROI of third-party risk management was an interesting topic uh, that we looked at with Linda Justice in a special guest uh, podcast. We considered communications and training with third parties as a way to manage those third parties. And many people don't think of communications as really a management strategy, but we took a look at that. We considered uh, terminating a third party, the steps you need to take, which all, of course, begins with having uh, particular contractual terms and conditions 
including have any FCPA or other compliance violation be a material breach of contract. We looked at distributors. We considered distributor management and some distributor cases. As we move towards the end of the month, we looked at uh, some specifics around risk ranking companies in the supply chain. This is something many compliance practitioners are just beginning to have to get their heads around. But as uh, the Department of Justice becomes more sophisticated in their approaches to third-party risk management, they are now demanding that companies look at vendors in their supply chain for potential corruption risks. Uh, Many companies have not yet begun that process, but uh, it is something that you should do. You don't have to look at all of your vendors, but you do need to look at those that are high risk. Or corruption, and that all turns on a risk assessment and assessing the risks of your vendor going forward. We looked at freight forwarders and some of the specific challenges that freight forwarders have for uh, compliance practitioners and what they may mean for the compliance program. And we talked about the MIN model, which really looks at a different type of data analytics, which is how successful a freight forwarder is. It's not something people really think about or talk about. I hope you will plan to join me in the month of August where I take up the topic of boards of directors and compliance. The month will be sponsored by Affiliated Monitors and we'll have several guests from Affiliated Monitors throughout the month. But we're going to take a look at the legal requirements around boards of directors and compliance issues around discharge of compliance obligations, what are some of the tactics that a board can use in terms of compliance committees, why a compliance expertise is needed on the board, what's the board's role in internal controls, what is the board's role in oversight, what is the board's role in corporate governance and risk oversight. We ask about board-led investigations and explore the investigation protocols that every board should have. We take a look at some catastrophic board failures. Uh, We look at the particular difficulties from boards of directors in doing business in China. We consider the unusual or not often discussed topic of the board's role in hiring and the board in succession plan. We uh, talk about incorporating compliance into the board's long-term risk strategy. And we conclude the month with a detailed set of questions from three different perspectives that boards of directors can and should ask their compliance function. So I know that every compliance practitioner struggles with uh, how they relate to the board. So this will be a month that I know you will enjoy and that you will garner quite a bit out of. So I'm looking forward to visiting with you on this month. And thank you again for joining me from the month of July. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.